everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with one of our Watermark members, Ann Holford. Hi, I'm so glad to be here today. I'm so glad you're here, Ann. This is so fun because we used to serve together at Women's Bible Study, having a little reunion here in the podcast studio. Mm-hmm. But for those who don't know you, would you share a little bit about how you came to know the Lord and then fast forward what's going on in your life today? Sure. Um, I grew up always going to church, but I don't think I ever understood the gospel and what it meant. I found my significance in making good grades. I wanted to be a high achiever. I was in everything in high school, and my goal was to have my picture in the yearbook more than anybody else (laughs) because I thought that would make me feel significant. But when I was in high school, I met these friends who were Christ followers, and I watched how they treated each other. They were always encouraging to each other. They prayed for each other. They were not snarky or competitive, and they didn't worry all the time like I did. At about that time, somebody came along and explained the gospel to me in a way that I could understand, that Jesus had to die for me so that I could gain something that I couldn't get for myself, a relationship with Him. So I became a Christ follower after that. I've been through a lot of hard things, but God has been incredibly faithful to give me His grace that I Mm -hmm. don't deserve. Uh, Fast forward to today, I'm a lawyer, but more importantly, I've been married to Neil a long time. We have have. three married children and 12 grandchildren. Wow, 12? Mm -hmm. All ages. Um, Another thing that gives me joy is serving in women's Bible study here at Watermark. I have met the most amazing women of all ages, backgrounds, life stages that are some of my favorite people in the world. So in Bible study, we process God's Word together. I learn from them. We understand God's Word. We get to know God better. And I get to watch God transform women's lives, Mm. including mine. It just doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't. We'll even put the link. Women's Bible study will start back up in September, I believe. Is that right? September 14th or something. Something, some, Sometime around then. We'll put the information in the episode description. So if you're a female listening and you're interested in jumping into women's Bible study, we could go ahead and drop the men's Bible study link down in the episode description as well. But all that said, Anne, I'm going to let you just take it away. Judges 10 through 11, what do you have for us? (laughs) There is a (laughs) lot in this story. And it's the truth. Jephthah makes this vow that does not end well. Mm -hmm. But to understand it, I think we need to look back at Jephthah's early life. So chapter 10 from today's reading gives us the context. The Israelites are unfaithful to God. Then the Ammonites oppress them. When they get miserable enough, they cry out to God for Mm -hmm. deliverance. This is just the latest example in this cycle that we see repeated over and over in Judges. The Israelites are unfaithful to God. God allows an enemy to conquer them. Then they cry out to God for deliverance. He then raises up a judge to deliver them. And it's all great Mm -hmm. until they're unfaithful to God and it just starts again. So in misery of their own making, they cry out to God over and over, and God answers them over and over. What kind of God puts up with that? Mm -hmm. 
the kind of God whose character is grace and compassion and faithfulness. This passage challenged me to reflect on who I think God really is. And I think God's character is the key in looking at this passage. So in chapter 11, we meet Jephthah. When you look at Jephthah's early life, I feel for him. Hmm. He was rejected by his family for something he had no control over. Yeah, you shall not have an inheritance in our father's house for you are the son of another woman. Yes. Wow. Uh, Nobody stood up for him. Hmm. He basically was run off and he had to be on his own. Being rejected is one of the hardest things that can happen to anybody. And I know people listening to this can relate to that. It leaves a deep, lasting wound, and it makes you feel like nobody. Jephthah probably became tough as a result of being rejected. He probably had to. Verse 1 describes him as a mighty warrior. His background made him into a mighty warrior, I imagine. So when Israel was threatened by the Ammonites, the people, the very people that rejected him, come to him and go, Jephthah, please fight for us against the Ammonites. I noticed that Jephthah is a deal maker. He makes a deal with his brothers. He says, oh yeah, I'll lead the fight against the Ammonites, but I want to be your leader. And they say, deal. Mm. But what I saw from this is that God can significantly use someone who's been rejected and marginalized. You're not nobody. God sees you and he can use you in profound ways, even if you've been rejected. So then Jephthah goes to the king of the Ammonites to try to make a deal. He's trying to negotiate a peaceful settlement to avoid war. But the Ammonite king says, no deal. There's going to be war. Mm -hmm. After that, in verse 29, it says, the spirit of the Lord comes upon Jephthah. God is going to empower him to fight the battle. It's a significant moment in his life. But then he makes this vow. Why? I spent a lot of time trying to understand Jephthah and his motives. He's complicated, like us. (laughs) But I think it boils down to this. He didn't understand the character of God. He has the Holy Spirit now, but he doesn't realize what he had, that it was enough. Mm. So, Jephthah tries to make a deal with God. So the vow basically said, God, if you'll give me your favor, if you'll give the Ammonites into my hand— This is what I'll do for you. Whatever comes out of my house, God, it'll be yours. I'll make it a burnt offering. And then the whatever comes out of my house ended up being his daughter. So that vow will change his future forever. Okay, why was this vow foolish? Right. It was completely unnecessary. Jephthah misunderstands God's character, and it leads to needless misery. So the vow is basically saying, God, if you'll do this for me, then I'll do this it's for you. A trade. Mm-hmm. Something a lot of people say, and I bet we've all said that. God, if you will just get me out of this mess, then I'll get up at 530 every morning and read the Bible. <laughs> I'll never yell at my kids again. I'll stop watching this trashy stuff. Isn't that trying to make a deal with God? Mm-hmm. But that is not how God works. God operates on the basis of his character of grace. Grace meaning he gives us things we don't deserve. He helps us in ways we don't deserve. 
God doesn't help you if, if you're faithful, if you do something for him. No, God gives us his favor because, because he's a God of grace. So what do I do when I need God's help? Just ask him. Mm -hmm. He delights in giving us grace. He wants to hear us ask. mm -hmm. It's his character. So he'd say, don't try to earn what I've already given you. What we do for him is a response out of thankfulness for what he's done. So I thought about it. Yeah, when I need help, how do I view God Mm. as a loving parent who wants to help, who wants me to ask, or someone who won't give me something unless I give him something? You don't need to make a deal with God. We don't need to offer him something in exchange for his help. Isn't that awesome? It's so awesome. Be free of trying to earn his favor. To sum up, I'd say, knowing God's Word and His character are essential. It's why we're doing the journey. Misunderstanding God's character can lead to needless misery. I love to say, why do we know the Word of God? We know the Word of God in order to know the God of the Word. A long time ago, I got into a Bible study where we looked into God's Word for ourselves and just processed it together. That's how I got to know the Word of God and the God of the Word, and it changed the direction of my life. We don't need to bargain for His grace or His help. We already have it. Mm -hmm. That's right, Anne. Thank you so much for sharing, and I can tell you've spent a lot of time in this text, and uh, your your sensitivity to the Spirit as you teach is so evident, and that's I see a lesson in that because one of the interesting things about Jephthah as we wrap up is that he receives the Spirit, but he didn't know God's character, as you say. And I think the same can be true for us as believers. If you're a believer in Christ, you have the Spirit, but just like Jephthah, you can forget God's character. You can forget the power that lives in you. You can forget God's grace, and it's a great challenge uh, to be thinking about as you go about your day today. Uh, Do I believe that God's Spirit resides in me? Have I have I accepted Christ as my Savior, believing in His life, death, burial, and resurrection? And if I have, am I remembering God's character, if those things are true? I love it, Anne. Well, as always, I am so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.